Richardson takes it off! A goal from the heavens for Kieran Richardson! Really? He could be in here, he's all alone, he's gone! Sensation at Wembley from Sunderland! McKinney! Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland Preview podcast for the new season. Playoff heartache, Euro 2020 final heartache and fans back in stadiums filled out our summer. But finally, finally, it's back to the stadium light for a league game with hopefully a fully stocked stadium of light, fully backing the lads and hopefully rolling them on to three points. But before we begin, I just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in last season and what was like technically our debut season and the kind words that you've given to the podcast um, throughout the season and, and throughout the summer. And I sincerely hope that you continue to come with us this season, where I hope we can have a slightly better ending than we have done for our US podcasts and also for our Sunderland podcasts. Um, this Saturday is always, though, typical of Sunderland returning. Max Power, Charlie White and now Jordan Jones are going to return to the stadium like in the blue and white of Wigan as first foots for the 2021-22 season. And it's been all changed down in Greater Manchester since we last spoke. So I'm delighted to welcome Adam from the Progress with Unity podcast, which focuses on Wigan Athletic. Um, first show of the season, Adam, how are you, mate? Very well, thanks. Yeah, uh, I felt that. Dis- I didn't I didn't feel the Sunderland disappointment in the same way that you did. But hmm. I certainly felt the uh, England disappointment, although... It was a fantastic uh, Euros and yeah, and, and enjoyed the summer. It makes the summer a lot shorter when you've got a, a tournament in, in there. And I've been watching a bit of the cricket over the last few days to fill the gaps as well. The 100 have been quite enjoying. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, been a good summer, but busy summer at Wigan. Very busy. I wish I could say the same. Um, and it's funny, I was like listening back to our the first preview podcast that we did. And obviously I do the weekend game, so we didn't didn't actually cover the second game, which kind of killed Sunderland's playoffs, uh, well, promotion chances and automatics. Um, it was Lee Johnson's first first game last time we spoke. And at the time, a Spanish consortium were dragging their heels, shall we say. You were a bit concerned with it. Obviously, as we know, that didn't come to fruition. But unless you've been living on the moon... You can't really feel we've noticed that Wigan have been spending a little bit of dough, especially if you're a Sunderland fan, you'll have noticed that. Um, so the short version, for those of us who don't know, since we last spoke and the Spanish consortium went, what, what's actually happened and who are the new guys that are in charge? Yeah, so, yeah, fortunately, I, I, the, the Spanish bid fell through. I think the Football League wasn't keen on it at all, um, looking for reasons really to turn it down. In the end, the, they disappeared, which was great. Then we were in a bit of a panic because obviously then we were in getting to the point where you started to see that final deadline date of a looming of kind of July, which seemed a long time from January, but time flies because obviously you can't start a second season in administration. So it was a bit concerning. But then in March, um, the we, we started to hear rumours of 
interest from Bahrain. Apparently, they had been interested previously, although they hadn't gone public. Um, that interest solidified. Uh, we then got told that they had passed the uh, the owners and directors test and provided the proof of funding. And then it just took a couple of weeks to to sort out, dot the I's, cross the T's, do the legal work. Uh, and towards the end of March, the takeover was complete. Uh, we've already met uh, the English-based uh, directors. Uh, Mal Brannigan is uh, very experienced within football. Uh, he's worked up at uh, Dundee United and has had links with uh, English clubs as well. And he's put a general team of directors together who uh, seem to have talents in lots of different areas, uh, marketing, uh, recruitment, uh, hospitality, all key aspects really to a football club these days. Uh, and Talal, the chairman uh, from Bahrain, is very active on social media. <laughs> uh, so he's uh, he, he's quite, he's good value. We're hearing a lot more from Bahrain than we ever heard from uh, Hong Kong under the previous uh, ownership. So it's all been positive so far. The meetings that we've had as supporters club and also on the podcast have been uh, been great. Uh, it, since then, we've appointed Liam Richardson permanently as the manager and obviously brought in a, a backroom staff. Gregory Yuck has returned to the uh, academy where he's been doing a fine job, brought in a number of uh, backroom staff. Probably the most well-known of those is uh, James Beatty, who's had obviously experience in, uh, brief experience in management, but probably more, more famous for playing in the Premier League for a number of years. So, yeah, so far, so good. Um, and, and and quite happy with how things have gone since the end of March. We secured that survival against all the odds. I still say that it's as big an achievement as winning the FA Cup because of the circumstances that we had last season. We're in League One and, you know, we're now in a position where we are debt-free. Uh, and we still have a good academy that's producing players. So the future's bright at, at the moment. I'm, I'm very positive about what's ahead. And like you said before, it's great to be back in the uh, in the stadiums. Talking about, um, well, touching it in the intro, signing players and actually be a, a fully functioning football club with Wigan seem to have led you to, to Sunderland, as I'm sure many people have noticed. Um, three former Sunderland players, probably going to be lining up against us on Saturday. Um, you've had an unbeaten pre-season. You've not just signed the three former Sunderland players, you've signed a lot of experienced players, which we'll come on to. But but how is the mood in the fan base currently after like what's a situation I don't think any fan base would want? Is, is people feeling positive about the actual football on the pitch as well as the stuff in the background? Yeah, I think it's very positive uh, throughout the club, really. Um Season ticket sales on the first day uh, were high, the highest they've been, I think, in six years. So that's actually included two spells in the championship as well. So that that's that's great. Um, just you just get that feel on social media as well about the positivity. There's still a few teething problems around the club because obviously you've got to remember that all the support staff were made redundant as well. So there's an advert every day. If people are looking for work, check the Wigan Athletic website because there are jobs available. Uh, so there's a few teething problems with things like ticketing. We changed ticketing system and 
just the usual kind of stuff. That's the main a, bits that's a the touchy main subject bit. for Sunderland fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I've, I've still not, re- I've still not received my Sunderland ticket yet, which I actually had to order on the online ticketing system because we didn't get the batch of tickets through in time. So fingers crossed that ticket will arrive before I pop up there on the, on Saturday. But yeah, very very positive. Um, yeah, the, the the recruitment's been interesting because it's either got some sort of Sunderland link or Portsmouth link, really. <laughs> um, well said, I mean, I, I know the view of the Sunderland fans, really, with all three players. We've obviously had a discussion ourselves for, for the Progress with Unity podcast. But people always look at them differently within their own club. And it's also what, what when there's a need for players. So... Essentially speaking, we didn't really have an experienced central striker. Charlie White was the second top goal scorer in the division, free transfer. I'm not convinced we're paying him 10,000 a week. Um, I'd be very surprised if we are. We're obviously paying a decent wage for him. Um, but at the end of the day, he, like you said, he scored goals and goal scorers are always expensive. Um, Max Power, I think he had his best time of his career at Wigan. Um, didn't quite happen for him at, at, at Sunderland for whatever reason. Um, who knows why that was? Um, I, I don't think he is necessarily a championship player, but I, I, my view would be he's, he's he's been a good League One player for Wigan Athletic in two uh, seasons where we've won the championship. So I'm hoping that he can bring that. And, and, and pre-season has been very good for Max. He seems to be taking on uh, a leadership role, uh, which is great. Uh, I don't think we've named an official captain yet uh, because we've still got Jamie Johns, the goalkeeper, but I don't think Jamie Johns will play because one of our other signings, who I think is an excellent signing, Ben Amos from Charlton, I suspect will be in goal on Saturday. So we're going to have to name a captain. Um, But the type of players that we're signing at the moment, you know, your Max Powers, your Watmore, your Nailers of this world, you know, they're all people who've captain clubs before, um, experienced uh, players. So, you know, with that in mind, I'm, I'm positive that they will help the younger players that, that sort of did really well for us last season. Um, it's a shame that we've lost another of those, uh, Kyle Joseph, who obviously scored the winner at the Stadium of Lights in December. Um, but, to say the point that we're spending lots of money, we haven't paid that much in terms of transfer fees. We paid some money for Humphreys from Rochdale, which I think is a very good signing. Um, but I suspect we're breaking even because we've we made some money on Dan Byrne, who went up to Brighton a couple of years ago because they stayed in the Premier League. Uh, and we've also received uh, some compensation for um, quite a large amount, I think, for, for Kyle Joseph. Uh, some in the region of 700, 800,000, and also some compensation uh, for Sean McGurk, who's gone to Leeds uh, as well. I'm not sure exactly. I think the, the, the formula will work that out for us, but again, it's probably going to be a few hundred thousand. So if you add all that up, I think we're probably breaking even because we've got rid of a few high earners. So I, it seems like we're signing big earners and, and we are the big spenders, but I, I think we're spending well within our means at the moment. I don't think we're dipping too much into the um, into the Bahraini uh, bank accounts at this juncture. Obviously, money will be needed. 
uh, over the course of the next few seasons just to keep it sustainable. But at the moment, I think we are selling on players and reinvesting that money in players, which doesn't always happen, as we well know, in football. Sometimes you sell your players and the money never gets reinvested. So I think at the moment, my view is that things are quite prudent. Um, whether we've whether we've as yet assembled a squad that is capable of challenging for more promotion, who knows? Because there's a lot of new players and friendlies, as we've already said, don't really mean that much. Um, it's difficult at this stage to say whether they will all gel. If they do, then I think we've got a good chance because it's a very open division this season, in my view. Uh, I don't think there'll be any standout team. So if you get a bit of momentum, uh, you get you get a good start, uh, the confidence grows, then, yeah, I think I think Wigan could have a good season with you know, the recruitment uh, that, that we've done. Regarding Max Power, I think it probably wasn't that surprising as a, as a Sunderland fan, but what I find quite interesting is when a... When a player comes back the second time and there's been like a three, four year gap in between, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but you tend to see a different player. Um, it's hard to judge. Have you seen a different Max Power? You touched on his leadership before. Um, it's hard to judge after six preseason games. Like, is this a brand new Max Power? It's probably a question for six months' time. But the Max Power that you've seen coming to Wigan, is it the same Max Power that you remember leaving Wigan? Does he look a little bit different in the his style of play and what he's bringing to the team in pre-season so far? Yeah, I think so. He seems to be, uh, in my view, sitting a lot deeper than what he used to do. Um, the point that you made before about his Steven Gerrards, he does seem to be doing that a lot more in terms of pinging the ball around. Um, and he's pinged it quite well so far. So That's even more surprising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he is sitting a lot deeper, trying to dictate the play a bit more. I would say he was very much uh, a runner. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't like to say headless chicken because I think that would be un very unfair. But he he did chase the ball quite a lot, and he, he, fortunately he had a couple of experienced midfielders alongside him previously, like Sir Sam Morse, he was playing there, which allowed him to do that. I think now he, he looks a bit more positionally disciplined. Um, I think he's probably tweaked his role a little bit. Uh, I haven't really seen many shots from him, uh, but he seemed to be the one dictating who took the free kicks. He didn't take it. We used to want to take every free kick, although he does seem to still be the corner taker. So he, he certainly wants the corners. We'll see what, what happens because obviously we've signed another wide player in, in Jones. I don't know whether he, he took set pieces for you or whether he could get the ball off max power. <laughs> They seem to be quite good friends. I noticed that uh, Jordan Jones went to Max Powers' wedding, so I get the feeling that your head of recruitment's actually Max Power. So uh, if there's any head of recruitment jobs not going, that's because Max has took yeah. it. Um, oh, well, I to, uh, Leon, Leon Balogun, the Rangers player, though, uh, apparently uh, passed on a lot of uh, good words about Wigan. To, I think he said it's a really good family club. and look, I think this is his time, really, now, because he's now at that age where you can no longer say this guy has potential. It remind it's the up until the last six months, it's like the Lingard effect where everyone still thinks Lingard, um, Jesse Lingard, uh, the Manchester United player, is still a young player with potential. And then you actually look, he's twenty eight. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, had, he, hasn't, he hadn't done anything in about five. Now, fair play, he had a really good spell with West Ham. So let's hope that Jones is similar at Wigan, that you know he doesn't just flatter to deceive and he has that level of consistency. Because from what I've looked at his numbers, he looks like he can do it, but not consistently. And, and, and we'll see. But it's happened with players before. A change of environment sometimes might be thinking this is the last chance really now to to, to really make a name for myself and hopefully it'll all come together. Uh, I suspect Sunderland looked at it and maybe didn't fancy it after last year, but or maybe he just decided he wanted the change of scenery and like you said, Max Power was uh, Wigan's head of recruitment who brought him in. So. Certainly seems so. Um I'm kind of loath to discuss players that we know a lot about anyway, but it's, it's kind of difficult not to, and there's been such an abundance of players that came there. But I came across something really interesting the other day um, on the Wigan. It wasn't a Wigan forum. It was, I think it was a, a Wigan Twitter account. It, oh, it was. And someone asking about, um, should we play Charlie White? And the, the options were no, no, and no um, on Saturday. Two hours, but like, all right, okay. Um, and I read a little bit, and there seemed to be a bit of, yeah, he's not been great in pre-season, but it's pre-season, yada, yada. Um, it's, dead early days in pre-season games we've kind of discussed that you can't really judge much on it. But is there already kind of minority shouts from uh, Wigan fans that Charlie Wake hasn't looked great in pre-season? Or am I just focusing on one particular Twitter account that has created a discussion? Yeah, well, there's I've seen him in two games. So that's my against Stork and Preston. Um, and I did comment that for me, we were not as yet playing to his strengths. Uh, I think he did okay. If you rolled the ball into him, he seemed to hold it up and lay it off okay. But he's not really getting any chances. Now, for centre-forwards who don't really run around a lot, um, then if he's not getting in there and getting chances, some people will look at him and say, well, what is he offering? But in my view, what he offers is the fact that if you do put the right ball in, the likelihood is in score. And I just don't think we've got to that stage yet where we've been able to maybe get our wide players into the positions or even our fullbacks to play the right sort of ball into him. Because I think, I think obviously, you know, you look at the quality of the likes of McGeady, you know, could probably put a ball in a sixpence for a striker, which makes life a lot easier. You know, all the best strikers, you know, even if you go back years and years to Alan Shearer scoring for Blackburn, you, you know, when he had Wilcox and Ripley playing those balls in, you know, he probably had similar, you know, he had similar wide players at Newcastle when he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, he, White doesn't look to me like one of those strikers who's going to kind of create a lot of his own chances. He needs to have the service. So I'd be amazed if he doesn't start at Sunderland. What, what it does say, though, I think, which is maybe I would agree with the point a little bit more, is it shows that we have options. I mean, Callum Lang, uh, he wasn't there the first time we played you because he was on loan in Scotland. Uh, was wasn't he? Was it Motherwell? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you probably picked up a bit of that working up there yourself. Yeah. Uh, came back in came back in January and he was superb. He scored, I think, 10 goals for us from January to the end of the season. But what people liked about him as well was work rate. He's one of those players that if he's not scoring goals, it's so noticeable what he's doing. You know, he's 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 all over the place, running the channels. Uh, so he, he's a good option. Uh, and then we've got 
I wouldn't say necessarily central strikers, more wide strikers uh, like Humphreys, who's coming from Rochdale, who looks a really good player, looks very good on the set pieces. You know, so that's that's another option. Edwards has come in from Ipswich. Uh, Ipswich fans didn't seem to rate him, but he's looked okay in pre-season to me. Um, so we could rotate it round a little bit. Of course, we've got Will Keane as well, who has such seemingly moved into a more midfield role, really, or certainly attacking midfield role rather than playing as the central striker. But again, if White wasn't doing the business, you could push him up there as well. So I think for me now, what we have got is, op- is options and, and you could take a Charlie White off and change your style of play if it's not working. Conversely, if White's not having a great run and he's on the bench, again, you could bring White on and play a different way again. You know, so it, I, I, I like the options that we've got up there. I think it's, you know, clever recruitment and... Yeah, we're paying a decent wage for him, but we didn't pay a transfer fee. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it develops. But at the moment, obviously, he's not scored in pre-season. But if he scores on Saturday, <laughs> then you just you completely forget about pre-season, don't you? So, of course you uh, do. Yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, I don't know what he was up to as well. You know, you never know when a new player comes in where they're exactly up to with the fitness and, and also getting involved with the training slightly later stage different methods of training you know so he's probably not going to hit the ground running i think as always with these sort of players i don't judge them until 20 games really you know because i mean Kiefer Moore, we had i think he only scored three goals uh in his first 20 games but was doing decent work and then had a fantastic second half of the season and you saw him appearing in the euros you know having a really good played a really good role for Wales and he's doing a good job at Cardiff. So sometimes you do need to give these players a little bit of a chance. Uh, and, and I hope that that's what we're going to going to do after all the upheaval of last year to actually even be in a position where we are now is fantastic. And I, and I really hope that these signings are given time because as we well know, sometimes it takes a while for a player to really, really settle into a club. As we said, well, you just said that it's a totally different proposition to last season. Last season was maybe not even about survival. It was about having a football club. And unfortunately, the, the longer I've done this and the more time I've been in League One, the more I've asked these questions where I've said, you know, is it really about the football or just having a football club? Because I've spoke to Bolton fans. You've spoke to Berry fans on, on this podcast I have. And, and Wigan were very much there as well. And um, But then you look at predictions for this season. A lot of people are putting Wigan near the top of the league. Um, is the fan base feeling like that? Is the fan base looking at promotion this season? Is that a, I mean, I was going to say, is it a realistic game? Of course it is, but as is, is a fan base, sometimes you can almost look at it and go, like people think Sunderland should get promoted. We're kind of looking at it going, well, we're missing this here, here and here. Every, every fan knows their own club's problems, their strengths and their weaknesses. Are Wigan fans looking at nothing less than promotion this season based on the, the summer recruitment? No, it's certainly not a case of nothing less than promotion. If we, I think this, it'd be very disappointing if we don't finish in the top half of the table. But if we finish 10th, I think Liam Richardson definitely keeps his job as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. That said, it, that doesn't mean that I don't think that we can push for the top six. 
I mean, a tongue. I did a tongue and cheek last week on the podcast after a few beers where I said we'd win the league with a hundred points. <laughs> to be fair, the the last the last three times we started in this division, not in administration. Uh, our our points total and positioning is one one hundred points first, eighty seven points first, ninety eight points first. So, so it's uh, it's not it's not a bad record. That's a little stat for you, though. I mean, obviously last season brought that, but there were certain big mitigating circumstances with that. I I think we could do top six, partly because um, I, I don't think there's an outstanding side in the league. I think there's a lot of unknown quantities who could flop, like so Sheffield Wednesday. You know, they could completely bomb depending on what happens financially. Uh, I think there's some other sides who I don't think will be as strong as last season. Uh, and then you'll have your usual suspects around and about, the likes of Sunderland, Ipswich, Charlton, Portsmouth. Um, will Lincoln be as strong? I'm not sure, but maybe. Who knows? You know, they were a good side last season. And then you've always got, you know, Milton Keynes, who I thought were decent, but they've lost the manager. So I think when you look at that, I don't see any reason why we couldn't finish in the top six, but it wouldn't be a huge disappointment if if we if we can't do it. You know, I think it's um, I think we've got to be realistic. It's a brand new team, and it does take a time to gel. So we could very well be in fifteenth position in January, but that doesn't mean we can't finish in the top six because, as you know, get on a run. You play two games a week most weeks. Before you know it, within a month, you can be back in the top eight so yeah I, I i'm not overly uh concerned about that blackpool did it which pains me to say i suppose not because i hate blackpool just because it wasn't us um <laughs> as always that you know it's a new season but the last two questions never change from the preview podcast um i have a feeling i know who you're going to say this year but i'm always interested in who people find someone's best players are who the players you worry about going into the game it's getting a more regular name the more that this podcast goes on, but who are the players that you think can damage Wigan on on Saturday from Sunderland's side? Uh, well, McGeady, really, I think. Yeah. That's not really the surprise, is it? Um, no. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the obvious one. I mean, you've got a lot of good players. I mean, I, I wouldn't go, want to run, run through them all, but there's, you know, there, are, there is some quality there. You know, you've made some decent signings as well. You know, Pritchard, you know, but very high-value player. Corey Evans, you know, experienced international, played a lot of games, a lot of games in the championship, he's a decent player. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, in my, in my view, I, I, I think you've got a few, but McGee is the, the class act for me. I think on his day, he's, he's in the top three players in the division. Um, it's just whether you can keep him fit, really. Yes, he is. Unfortunately, picking up one or two knocks as he gets towards his 37th birthday and we're still relying on him. Um, last but not least, as always, I think I'm not doing anything different here with a, a preview podcast, but prediction um, for the game on Saturday. How do you see it going? Um, it's going to be a big crowd. Sometimes with a big crowd, you just wonder whether the pressure might get to some Sunderland players. My head says 1-1, but you know, I'm hoping travelling up there, two one Wigan. <laughs> I'm going with one one. I'm taking. I think I said on your podcast that Max Power 85th and equaliser after we take an early lead, and Will Grigg gets one actually. 
so it can't be an early lead because you have to come off the bench. But um, but Adam, thanks so much for coming on. Obviously, I think at some point we'll, we'll try and work out on you coming back so we can review the game. Hopefully, it's you're the sad face and the happy face. Uh, we will work that out because obviously you're going to yeah. see him as a man. Probably best, Saturday yeah. If you catch me Saturday night, uh, I'll have a few drinks. So even if it's, uh, <laughs> it might not be, a, it might not be a sad face, even uh, even if we've lost. But uh, yeah, best best of luck for the season, and uh, yeah, I'll catch catch you soon. Thanks very much, Adam. Cheers.